come on in. The listening is fine. The Carolina Outdoors is now in session. We're glad that you are joining us, however you may be joining us, via WBT up and down the eastern seaboard early on a Saturday morning, or maybe you are listening via your time, via podcast, available wherever you garner your podcast, listen to podcasts, or also, the third choice, jessebrowns.com. Just click over there and jump on there. Highlights of the Carolina Outdoors. Hi, everyone. Your host, Bill Barty. Each week, we come in and break down four different segments for your listening pleasure. We talk about things to do in the outdoors. We talk about the gear and equipment of the outdoors. And we talk about the people that are making things happen in the outdoor adventure and active world. And this segment is going to be no different. We're going to have a bit of a history lesson um, with a question. TJ the DJ Boggs is on the other side of the glass. He's unexpectedly a participant in this <laughs> quiz that's going on. What's one of the most sold knife companies in the world? I bet you can't guess. Oh, I definitely couldn't guess. <laughs> I don't have multiple choice for you. Yeah. But um, many of our listeners are still in the bed. Many are driving into work. Many are doing something active. And TJ, as you are mulling over one of the most sold knife companies or one of the most sold knives by a company in the world, many of our listeners are trying to guess as well. But we're going to talk about that knife company during this segment of the Carolina Outdoors. The company... It was started over 132 years ago in a knife maker's workshop. That was 1890. The knife maker was 18 years old, and against the family's wishes, he began work on the making of a small pocket knife. Now, account manager in the United States of this said knife company is on the line. We're going to invite him onto the program to find out a little bit more of the history. But Ben Cannell is going to join us right here on the Carolina Outdoors. Ben, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to have you. I did not say what where this uh, knife maker's workshop was, but I'm going to give the work the workman's name. The knife maker's name, the 18-year-old's name, his name, Joseph Opinel, and the knife that he made back in 1890, affectionately known as the Opinel Number 8. And Ben, with all of that coming on, you coming on to the program, you are the Opinel account manager. Talk to us about that company and its long heritage because after, in fact, with my math, it's not 132 years. It's 133 years. Um, it's been it's been one of the most sold knives in the world. How many knives has Opinel sold since 1890? So it's a very impressive number. We've sold over 300 millions of the, our knives since 1890. And you're right. We're about uh, 133 years old at this point. Uh, the company was started in the French Alps. You mentioned you mentioned the French Alps, of course, but like the little town or little village, should I say, where Joseph Opinel uh, created the first number eight was called Saint-Jean-de-Maurienne, and it's about an hour and a few minutes away from Chamonix, from the Mont Blanc Valley uh, of France. Well, and Ben, I need to ask you about that, because what is it about that part of France? Well, uh, the, the Alps is one side, southern France as well. You know, those places are known for 
um, food, wine, cheese, but it's also known for knives. Um, why is that? Why is it that that part of France, whether it be the outside, the southern side, um, why is it known f- for all four of those, uh, food, wine, cheese, and then knives? Right. Is that tool an active part of the culinary side as well as being a utility tool? Well, it's a very good question, and uh, I'll do my best to try and answer it. So I would say for, for the first aspect of your question, which is like the culinary aspect, um, I think this region is not stealing uh, that much from the rest of the country. We're pretty renowned for our uh, food and, and, and wine, obviously. Right. Uh, I'll say that this region has a definitely a rich uh, heritage in terms of uh of, of food, uh, especially like in the in the cheese category, yes. uh, and in terms of knives and tools, uh, it's true that like some of the most uh, renowned knife brands in France are originated in the in the mountains in this area, as well like further west. Uh, I'm thinking of our friends over at Lyol, for example. Um, but as for like why in those areas specifically, um, I'm not too certain. Like what is true is that. Uh, we have a very uh, large tradition of craft machine as well in France that goes beyond the food uh, industry. Um, and those tools, obviously, were made like from uh, father to son and, and kept like uh, going from a, a generation to another. And uh, it so happened in this area of France has like quite a bit of uh, those heritage brands. Well, and that company, Opinel, is worldwide. It's uh, Their knives are sold in over 70 countries around the world, and again, starting from that family workshop to a company that is essentially global. Uh, With that being said, Ben, are the supplies made in the creation of these knives, are they primarily French, the carbon, the stainless steel, or even the wood and inlaid wood that is used in some of the handles? Is that French, or is it uh, garnered from other parts of the world? So it's a very good question. Uh, no, we still have actually, so the, the original work uh, workshop is now our museum, and we have a factory that's only a few uh, miles away uh, in Chambéry, in a city called Chambéry in France. And as of now, we probably have 88% of our uh, tools and knives that are produced like in France or in Europe. We have done a good job at sourcing like other elements, especially our steel, for example. It's coming from different parts of Europe, depending on the different like blends we've got, but mm-hmm. it'll be like Sweden uh, and Germany, for example. Um, and we're definitely one of those companies that are, uh, you know, keep our pride in uh, making or assembling our products like as much as we can in the factory uh, over in France that hire over 100 people. Uh, some of those uh, workers have been with us for over 50 years, and it's a very well-run factory, uh, which allows us to keep our uh, costs and prices so low which is part of, like, what makes our price. Well, and that's something worth noting, too, because we're not talking necessarily about super expensive uh, price points on this. Uh, OpenL, like the number eight, is still in the teens, I think, uh, U.S. dollars, as it is at Jesse Brown's. I think it may be $18 there. We can look it up at jessebrowns.com. But um, be between seventeen and twenty dollars, depending on like the wood, uh, the wood finish and the kind of uh, blade. But it's definitely like around twenty, and that's something I just mentioned it. But I'm happy to repeat it because it's something we're really proud of. 
Ben, with that, I wanted to also ask you about the evolution of the knives. And not that you're that old of a person, but you mentioned that there are people in the factory that have been there for five decades or so. Of course, um, the company, as I mentioned in the open, started in 1890. But talk to us. Uh, I'm going to still put you on the spot, even though you aren't that old, um, to put you on the spot about the evolution of the knife. Because um, the knives from Openel have been updated along the way. And, and one of them came from the inventor, Joseph Openel, who manufactured that very first small pocket knife. I think it was his son in 1955 incorporated the use of a, and you may have to share this, the Vero, Vero Block system. Vero Block, yes. Vero Block, which for our listeners out there in the Carolina outdoor world, is essentially a, a safety, a lock on the knife to keep it from um, closing. Am I right about that? Was that 1955? That is correct, 1955. Uh, Yes, in fact, I mean, going back to our founder, Joseph, uh, the the shape of the blade, the shape of the knife, as you know it, Mm -hmm. hasn't changed since then. Uh, We have actually uh, internally, like in archive, and I've been able to compare like side by side a knife from early 20th century to like the knife that uh, are going out of the factory today. And they are exactly the same shape of handle as well as shape of blade which Joseph was inspired by a knife from uh, Turkey, actually, from the Ottoman Empire. It was called Yatagan, sorry. Uh, pardon my Turkish here. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you get, yeah. you get a credit. You're, you're good. Your Turkish <laughs> accent is perfect. <laughs> perfect. I appreciate it. Uh, and, yeah, so, like, that, uh, that kind of folding knife and shape hasn't changed, as I was saying. And then in 1955, his son uh, came up with this uh, locking mechanism, which, as you were saying, is nothing but like a locking ring that you twist and lock the blade in open position. That was the innovation from 1955. And then three decades later, we innovated, uh, which was basically like cutting this ring with another angle so that you could lock it in a closed position as well. Ah. And uh, what is, you know, the important thing to remember here is that like the innovation uh, over time, you know, it takes a few sec- a few decades to come up with a very simple innovation that uh, transforms a knife into an even more um, um, uh, practical tool, and uh, and we're really a testament to what simple innovation uh, is about, right? Like the little thing that will make the knife safer, more efficient, and still the most affordable and best tool you can get for the buck. Well, it is amazing. If you're just joining us here on the Carolina Outdoors, we've got Open L Knife Account Manager for North America, Ben Cannell, who's joining us on the program. And we're lear- learning about his company uh, and the knife. The Open L Company is its name, of course, in the uh, Alps Small Village and Small Workshop in the uh, uh, Alps region of France, uh, started in 1890. And um, of course, France known for so many things, w- food, wine, cheese, and also uh, knives. Ben, something happened about 20 years ago that really changed the knife industry and changed the travel industry. Uh, 9-11 happened in the United States and TSA and and uh, security in airports and a lot of those sorts of things came about when some economic risk or change like that happens. The rules and regulations change. You can't carry knives 
like you could at one time. And at one time, people, you know, had a pocket knife in their pocket no matter where they were as a utility tool. But because of abuse and misuse of that tool, many of us don't get to carry our knives regularly, especially at the airport, especially at sporting events, whether it be a soccer game or a football game or basketball game. Does that change the knife business for you and OpenL, which had a fantastic pocket knife? And if it does, how do you transition away for that to find new business when regulations are put into place against carrying pocket knives? So we're joking currently that TSA probably has the largest uh, collection of uh, OpenL knife in the world. <laughs> yes. um, but in true reality, it's definitely changed uh you know, change the landscape a little bit, but uh, I'll say that before because we're uh, and I, you know, I've said this, and but I'll say it again because we're so affordable. Um, yes. It seems like uh, our specific company hasn't been like touched that much. I would actually, dare I say, probably like help us. Well, not help because we didn't know what we needed necessarily, but like the the it's a knife that uh, you 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 can lose like. Uh, it's a knife that, like, you actually will find it. Uh, we hear multiple stories of people finding it on, on, on trails, uh, and then, you know, they'll pick it up and use it for another 30 years. I've had someone that tell me the story recently, and <laughs> even in Arizona. Um, and so what I'm trying to say is uh, because we're not, you know, our price point is so low, it's not a knife that, like, you're, you know, you'll, you're scared to lose. So you might not remember uh, to remove it from your pocket, and, like, it's happened to, you know, all of us. Um, but it's um, it, it's it hasn't impacted like the the business as much as like you would think. Um, on the contrary, I would say that like our business has expanded in very positive ways, regardless of uh, that specific event and uh, the consequences of it. Um, and uh, hopefully, over time, me included, like we're you know, uh, aside from the occasional uh, mistake, we've gotten better at. Uh, anticipating it and uh, leaving our uh, pocket knives either at home or taking them in uh, so as to not uh, enrich GSA with a larger collection of uh, pocket knives and, uh, and similar items. I know they do have a bunch of knives and a lot of open L, and probably the genesis of that question comes from Jesse Brown's Outdoors uh, here in Charlotte and jessebrowns.com because, Ben, we do have a lot of people who come into that store, into the brick and mortar or jump online, and they buy knives, they buy open L, and they buy them oftentimes because the people at TSA took them. Uh, they, I bet they do. They accidentally had them in their pocket, and and uh, they just kind of sur- end up surrendering them, and they'll come back. And it's uh, interesting. We also have a group of people who give Open L knives away. And again, these knives started in the teens, uh, as Ben said, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen dollars. Work their way up. Uh, you, they have several different categories and several different types of knives and Ben Cannell, account manager for OpenL Knives is on the Carolina Outdoors. Ben, with that being said, what are the categories that OpenL is operating in and that, let me set this up because uh, we hear so much about tactical knives, gift knives, culinary knives, utility knives. Is OpenL in all of those categories and if if not, what categories are they working in right now? 
Well, and that's a very good question. I, I, I would say today we're in pretty much all those categories, even though uh, the brand and the knife itself like is definitely more on the lifestyle uh, side of things mm-hmm. rather than uh, tactical knives. Uh, although we have a couple knives that like we're really uh, proud of and that took us uh, a long time to develop, the number 12 Explore and the number 8 Outdoor, which uh, they have like high-quality, high-grade polymer handle which are waterproof, uh, as you may imagine. And uh, we've got the same steel we're really proud of with like slightly thicker blades uh, and some um, um, uh, options, uh, I shall say, that like are very, uh, would be specific to like uh, certain activities in the outdoor, uh, hunting, fishing, or water sports, uh, to name a few. Uh, but those two knives serve this, uh, serve this specific purpose. And... Uh, uh, you know, benefit from the same engineering and uh, passion we put into our products. Um, but the rest of our outdoor line is definitely more of like, you know, everyday carry slash pocket knives uh, with the same really sturdy uh, steel that we're, um, we're known for. Um, in terms of steel, um, we've got mo- most of our lines now are stainless steel because it's the steel that's, uh, you know, uh, needs the less maintenance Uh, but we do have uh, a specific like line of our classic knives that uh, benefit from like the the carbon steel the original carbon steel that we know uh, that we're known for Um, and I'm you know maybe we'll come back to the 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 blades but I wanted to also mention that we've got a few garden tools Um, and the reason why we're doing this is a because you know in our mission to like get people outdoor and 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 uh, enjoy activities outside, uh, actually Joseph Opinel, our founder, had a line of gardening tools. So we took that again a few years ago, I think about 15 or 20 years ago, and developed some high quality gardening tools. Um, another couple of things I mentioned to answer your question is that we have a line specifically for kids uh, using uh, knives as a tool for education to get kids outside and get to you know uh, interact with uh, the elements. Uh, it's something that uh, is very important to, to us for a very simple and very important reason is that uh, any French person's first knife is an opinel. You can ask around uh, your French friends if uh, you've got some, and I'll, I'll be happy to be one of them. Yes, uh, you My are. first knife was an opinel. Uh, my dad's <laughs> first knife was an opinel. My grandpa's first knife was an opinel. They were very stoked uh, to hear that I work for the business here in the U.S. Um, so we have that really emotional connection to the brand and to the product, and we recently released some products specifically for the kids. Um, and the last thing to answer your question in our line is the kitchen. Um, obviously, we've talked about this already in this uh, conversation. Uh, yes. Kitchen is very important, uh, a very important part of French culture. And our knives are actually great for um, uh, food preparing. Um, and so we have a full uh, kitchen line, which you'll probably find less so in your stores because, you know, um, you're definitely more focused on the out- outdoor side of things. Um, but those products are uh, uh, actually really great. We've got chef's knives, we've got table knives, we've got like a prep knife for cooking, um, and some of those are used in the using in abuse, should I say, in some of the most renowned kitchens, uh, chef's kitchens in the world. Uh, so if you're out eating at a restaurant, you can ask your wait staff if uh, the chef is using Openel knives uh, back in the kitchen and or maybe at the table as well. Ben Cannell, account manager for outdoor sporting goods for the knife company Openel, the one of the top-selling knives in the history of the world. 
Ben, thank you so much for taking time to jump on the Carolina Outdoors with us. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, for giving me this opportunity to talk about Happy Now. Well, it was fantastic to have you. We'll give out the website, and we'll also link over to OpenL, uh, a link to their site as well, so you can uh, check them out as well as over at Jesse Brown's Outdoors. Off he goes. There goes Ben, and off I go. But just for a moment, we're going to come back on the other side and wrap this thing up called the Carolina Outdoors.